0: I thank you. I thank you for putting Sarah and Joey in in our lives. Lord, uh, Deb and I, we love them, and I know there's people here that love them as well, and and, uh, so we're just thankful for how we get to see them do life, Lord, and uh, how that life affects uh, the girls in their home first, and then how their love for you just flows out into the streets, and Lord, so I just pray over them to release themselves, Lord, in this moment right now, and I'm thankful that they're allowing us a glimpse in and uh, so we love you, and we thank you for the empty tomb of Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yep.
1: Come on. You guys doing all right? Better than me, probably. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> it's
0: okay. It's <laughs> uh, hope everybody's had a great day today. It's, uh, it's just really cool to get to come up and... Uh, Share a little slice of life with you tonight. <coughs> so I want to share a little illustration with you to start off. I've got a almost five year old girl, Lydia, and uh, kids get about that age. They start getting a little creative, you know. They want to they want to hear a story. They want you to read them one, and uh, just it's beautiful how it draws them in, and uh, you can hear you can just see their little minds working and. Uh, questions that they ask because you know it's just really cool when you, when you think oh you're paying attention so uh, I think it's uh, so imagine imagine me sitting down with Lydia one night and uh, just reading a couple of facts like um, I don't know like instead of reading a story about uh, about somebody going somewhere let me just let me just tell them where they went and just end the sentence there so if a kid says you know if we tell a kid uh, I went to the zoo page one page two the end you're like, where's the story? It was incredible, right? No, it wasn't. It was just a couple of statements. And so, uh, stories draw us in. And so, tonight I want to start with, uh, with a story that happened a long time ago in, in Genesis 3 to frame the context for what we're talking about tonight. And so, we've been talking about uh, uh, how we do life or how we make disciples as we go. And so, I just want to give us a little context for. For where we begin as we make disciples. So, Genesis 3 is where I'm going to go. If I can get my screen right here. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 3 says Now, if the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some and she ate it and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it and then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves and now the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And he answered, I've, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, the woman put me, put, put here. you put here with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And then the Lord God said <coughs> to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate, and so... The Lord God said to the serpent, uh, because you've done this cursed are you above all the livestock and the wild animals, you'll crawl on your belly and you'll eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And to the woman, he said, I will make your pains and childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. And to Adam he said because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you you must not eat from it. it <coughs> cursed is the ground because of you and through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles and, you'll eat the, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken. for dust our, For dust you are and to dust you will return. <coughs> and then the story ends with God's saying that because they've disobeyed, they, they won't be allowed to go eat from the tree of life too and live forever. And so he casts them out and puts an angel at the east gate of the garden with a flaming sword so they can't come back in. And so we, we see a picture of a perfect relationship with God, just uh, everything's just all good. And then all of a sudden that relationship is broken. And if we fast forward like a, just an incredible amount of time there. Uh, when Jesus comes on the scene, he, uh, let me get back here. There we go. Letting the sound effects there. If we can fast forward from Genesis and the fall of man to, uh, I'll just call it the culmination of a thousand stories told over generations. Uh, we get to, we get to this. Uh, this is this is the contest. This is what we believe about Jesus. It says, "I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. And the third day, He rose again from the dead. And He ascended <coughs> to heaven, and He's a, and now He's seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty." And from there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. And when Jesus stood there with the disciples and he told them to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. He says, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Uh, this, is, this is where we begin. And so this is the context that we make disciples out of. We, we had a relationship with God. It was broken. Jesus came to repair that relationship. And so now, as we go, we make disciples with that in mind. And so, I, if we can think about all the problems that we have, and if you think about any story that you've ever read or any movie that you've ever seen, you have, and uh, some some literary types in here might uh, be able to s- explain this a little more eloquently than I can. But you have a protagonist and an antagonist. The protagonist being the hero and the antagonist being the opposition to the hero. You know, we can we can point out all those types of things in our lives. We we can name all the problems and all the solutions, but none of them are really the ultimate solution, and none of them are really the ultimate problem, because uh, the, our our ultimate problem is always sin, and the ultimate solution is always the gospel. Our ultimate problem is always sin, and the ultimate solution is always the gospel. And so that's where that's where we're going to start tonight life with with. Uh, with our Making Disciples. So Sarah, I'll let you roll for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh. Talk, yeah, talk to me a little
1: bit. Okay, so I have quite a bit of notes here, but I'm hopefully going to not read it all to you, but I'm going to have it right here just in case. So um, Making Disciples, Doing Life as We Go, what does that look like for me? Uh, making Disciples for me begins in my home with my children. Um, I think we have so complicated what it means to follow Jesus and to take others along with us as we go. There's great freedom in knowing that there isn't a formula and there's great freedom in not comparing how someone else makes disciples with how you make disciples, right? So if you look at somebody else's story, you can't do that. You got to look at your DNA and what God's given you. And there's freedom in knowing that God's gifted you specifically for such a time as this. And and for my season, it's with little children, lots of them. (laughs) Um, Making disciples as we go happens in homes, around tables, neighborhoods, (coughs) and in living rooms where barriers that we have are they're, they're broken down, um, where people are comfortable. And isn't that what Jesus did? Um, he fished with his boys, right? Like he was just out with the disciples, and the, there were no barriers. It was all broken down. And so um, for me, I, I take discipleship personally and, and do it you know, where we're most comfortable in our home. Um, I put so much pressure on myself for kingdom work. But really, it's just walking with people. It's just living life out with people. And you guys do that every day, even if you're not a mom, even if you're single, even if you're married. You do that every day with people. So it's not complicated. We, we totally complicate it. So. Right on. I have more to share, but yeah. are you going to
0: well, share? No, go ahead. <laughs> nice. So here's some practical ways. Now, I just want to give you a little, uh, a little snippet. Into, into where we're at. So, uh, if you if you if you it, we've got a almost five year old named Lydia, and uh, we've got a two and a half year old named uh, Hannah. What's her name? Yeah, Hannah. There it is. Uh, and then we got a, another another little newborn that's uh, eight weeks. Eight weeks now.
1: Two months today.
0: Yeah, two months today. Right on. Uh, two months old today. And so I'm I'm just uh, the the short the moral of the story is is I'm covered up with uh, little women pray for and so, him and I just, just trying to figure it out it's like a uh, mercy so we, we uh, what, what I'm uh, and so so for for my uh, for my day-to-day life I, I get to work from home some with my job I work in healthcare IT and and so there's some days where I'm in Nashville the Murfreesboro the hospital somewhere and there's other days where I'm at, where I'm at the house and so um, it's really cool for me uh, to be able to uh, to see some, see and hear some, some daily snapshots of what goes on in my house, and so uh, I, I remember one particularly in the last couple of weeks. I was I was up there just doing my thing, and I heard you know I heard some fuss downstairs, somebody whining. I'm like, eh, you know, whatever, you know. And so I'm, I, I hear close to the steps over there, um, Sarah's explaining to Hannah that. Uh, that she's got a sin problem and she 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 says she says Hannah you need to ask Jesus to help you and so well Hannah goes Jesus help me
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: and I just you know and so it's like wow are you cr- you know that's that's incredible you know just little just little stuff like that happens. You know Sarah takes the time and we take the we try to take the intentional moments in life you know to to teach and uh, there's there's some statistics out there that, that say that you know little kids um, I think I think it's by the time they're five or six years old they have uh, you know 85% of what we call their worldview shaped by the time they're that age and so when we say worldview we mean what what lens do you see the world through you know are we are we wiring our kids are we wiring the people we uh, you know are we are we filling our conversations with a with a biblical worldview you know how do you how do you see the world uh, and so it's, it's just really cool for me to hear stuff like that. And another practical thing we do with them um, is, is we take, uh, we take stories just like we, just like we talked about at the beginning. we read them, these stories, every night. And uh, we've got, like, the Bible app for kids, Storybook Bible, and then the other Jesus Storybook Bible deal. Um, and so every night we crawl up, I, I crawl up on the bed, and, the, and both girls come sit in my lap. And so if you can imagine, I've got a girl on this lap and a girl on this one, and my arms are around like this, and I'm trying to hold the book on the head just like this and turn the pages. And so <laughs> um, and so, I'm just reading them a story. We just go through, and they're like, we left off right here. This one, this one. And it's like, I find it, Daddy. And I'm like, let me just turn to the page. You know, we'll, we'll get it going in a second. So, uh, you know, I... I think uh, you know as I, as I was th- as I was thinking about how you know what to talk about tonight and what to do. And I, I started off just being real complicated with it, and I thought. And Sarah just told me she said, you know, you don't need to do all that. She said, just um, you know, just tell them what we do. You know, don't no, it's it's not complicated. And really, that's the essence of it: making disciples as you go isn't complicated. You know, we realize that uh, that our primary disciples are our kids, and of course, we want to extend that past our home, but that you know. The, the core of what we're doing is we're making sure that our kids um, are going to know the gospel they're going to know the truth as they come up and we're going to do that you know not just on a on an evening at the refuge but we're going to do that every day so uh, I, you know i just want to encourage you to take to take opportunity in your everyday life whatever that looks like um, just to, uh, to thread the gospel in there so
1: so i don't do this well often but it's our goal to love our children to jesus um and the thing is, my home, I, my family, I want to use it as a tool to celebrate all that is good about God, his righteousness, his beauty, his creation, um, his messages. All that is good in creation was meant to be celebrated, so celebrated in a family, uh, and that's either husband and wife family or whoever, to point people to loving God. And I get to be a builder of that. And the, thing, the cool thing is, you get to be a builder of that, too. You get to speak forward and call forth the goodness, the goodness of God into the lives of those that you walk with every single day. Um, you know, I look at my, my four-year-old and my two-year-old, and I just say, you are made in the very image of God. And so are we. Like, we are made in the very image of God. We are so loved. And everybody that you walk with, your students, um, the, the people you might counsel, whoever you walk with, they are souls. They're, they're going somewhere one day. And your words, your love for them has an eternal impact. Um, and so I hope that as we go, we, we, we carry that with us. Um, so look at your life. Ask, who is already here? Um, I must be willing to explore, expose to others where my relationship with Jesus is. Which, honestly, sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's really hard. I have a newborn. So my time in the Word, my intimacy with Jesus right now, just not happening (laughs) you know (laughs) we're not sleeping in my house and that's okay but it's pulling off that veil and as you go asking other people to come along with you and to say listen our family is not perfect we do not have it all together but our goal is to love our our children to Jesus to make disciples of our kids Um, so that leads me to hospitality that's another area that um, I feel like that I can make disciples as I go isn't it true that our culture, um, it tells us that we have to have a perfect space in order to invite people in? It's not true. Um. Really, home is mainly about a person who has intentionally uh, created a space, doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be decorated cute, um, doesn't have to be trendy.
0: Interesting, buddy.
1: Yeah, right? But a person, a heart attitude that says, I want to love real people. I want to listen to the hearts of real people. And by the power of the Holy Spirit in me, I want my children and those that come into our, in our house, in our door, to feel the touch of God and the hope and the encouragement that can be found in him. Um, so every single person, no matter their season in life, can do this. Um, everyone longs for a place to be accepted, right? Everyone longs for a place to be loved and to belong and to know that they are enough. And um, we're doing that with our kids. I hope that everybody that comes into our door um, by the power of the Holy Spirit can feel that when they come in Um, so you know I keep telling myself that people will feel loved not because of the perfect home because let's face it I have three kids and it's never perfect it's always messy but it doesn't matter because um, you know it's not because of the perfect home it's because of your deep heart and the way that you you care for people (laughs) so um, our children building healthy ones capturing their hearts motivating their hearts um, those are the areas in which, you know, I feel like I'm called to make disciples right now in this season. So. Word. And then, and you want to close with that, or mm-hmm. you, you have something here? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll do. All right.
0: Go for it. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I want you to, I want you to ask yourself this. Now, I, I think a lot of you already get this. Um, if we, if we go back to Genesis at the beginning. Uh, in in Genesis 3 there towards the end uh, when God's speaking there he uses the word uh, us when he refers to Adam and Eve um, can't be allowed to stay in the garden with us so they can eat from the tree of life and live forever and so I think that us is a key word there because if if we believe what we read earlier about seeing the world through a biblical worldview that God exists in, in three persons God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and so I've heard other guys say along the way that that's, uh, you know, God lives in community. You know, so from from the beginning there was a, there was a community with Himself, and so uh, God has designed us to live in community with each other, and so out of that community, um, we're able to build the kingdom together. And so, uh, you know, for for folks like Sarah and I in our states' life, we got all these littles. Um, it's uh, it seems impossible to like know, get other people your age to come over and hang out, or you know, somewhere around, you know, somewhere around your age to come hang out and, and have community with each other. You know, because everybody's like, you know, bedtime's at six thirty, and uh, you know, whatever, you know, not six thirty, but you know, um, it's just, uh, it's seven, maybe seven, seven thirty, yeah, seven, right? Um, so, uh, it, but but really, in reality, it just takes intentionality, just like anybody else does. You know, so. Uh, We've, we've just practically how we're trying to live that out is we're just connecting with folks that we that we see in our everyday life. You know, there's some folks from my gym that we've invited over a couple of times. And, um, you know, we're just beginning some connections. It takes work. You know, if you've ever gotten a relationship with folks, you know, that don't just happen after hanging out a couple of times. You know, it takes a long time. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the time is. How long have we been hanging out with Marcia and Tommy? What, a couple of years now? And we feel like, you know, we feel like we've got a, relationship with them now, we're like, if if I was, if something was broke real bad and I couldn't get a hold of Sarah, then I'd call this brother, you know. But I couldn't have said that six months ago, you know. And so, um, I like how Mike says, he's like, you know, if you couldn't get a hold of your bride, you know, it's just, who are you going to call, you know, kind of thing. So, uh, you know, I want to have that kind of relationship with folks. Um, So, anyway, we, you know, we make disciples um, as we go for the purpose of sharing the gospel with folks and and uh i, I just want to give you a snapshot of of, of of the purpose of of any of us making disciples in matthew 25 um, it gives us a picture of of what it's going to look like and it says when the son of man comes in his glory and, and all the angels with him he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him I'll say that one more time when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations, all of them, will be gathered before him. And then Philippians 2, 9-11, it says, For God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place, and he gave him the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. In every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. And so we make disciples now for that. And so that's why all of us should do it. And so... Uh, just want to pray for us tonight, and then we'll transition over to the, the bread and the cup. So, God, thank you so much for such a great uh, opportunity just to come and, and share a slice of life tonight. Uh, Father, I pray that we would all make disciples as we go. Uh, thank you, God, for, for Jesus. Thank you that you sent your son to, uh, to be the uh, sacrifice for us. Thank you that his body was broken and that his blood was poured out. For the forgiveness of our sins. Uh, God, I pray that we would uh, live that truth out each day in our lives. God, I just ask you to bless this body of believers. Help us to be kingdom builders together. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.